1: Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Thursday, December 10th, 2020. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. If it's Thursday, that can mean only one thing, 24-7 sports. Director of Recruiting Steve Wolfong checks in from a parking lot in suburban Indianapolis. Steve, how does it?
2: Good morning, Daniel. How are y'all, man? What a time to be a Buckeyes fan. You guys are headed to the Big Ten title game, much to the chagrin of all the haters out there,
1: and recruiting continues to roll. Ohio state will be advancing to the big 10 championship game against Northwestern on December the 19th. The big 10 voted yesterday to eliminate the six game minimum for entrance into the game, setting Ohio state up to possibly have a chance at making the college football playoff. Do you think the big 10 made the right decision here?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people want to move the goalposts or we talked on last week's show. I'm all for moving the goalposts if it's an arbitrary discussion that favors the best team going. And in and, and this case, it's certainly Ohio State for a number of reasons. I mean, first of all, they're the most talented team. But that's not even why I believe they should go to the Big Ten championship game. They obviously beat Indiana in a head to head ball game. And even if Ohio State were to lose this game to Michigan, they'd still be coming to one of the greatest cities in the whole entire world, Indianapolis, to take on Northwestern for the second time in in three years in, in, in the Big Ten title game. So that point alone. But there's just so many people out there that just hate when the same teams win that they will do, you know, they will fight for against it. And that so obviously every other fan base, the super fans, you know, don't think Ohio State should get there because of the original rule put in place. But look, man, these these rules are are, are all fresh. The Big Ten obviously didn't handle any of this well, in my opinion. But they, finally, they made the right decision here. They're sending Ohio State to the Big Ten title game. And
1: Ohio State, if
2: they win, they should go to the college football playoff. And if they lose,
1: they won't. I understand a while back when they had the argument with Ohio state and Penn state and the big 10 title and such, but this current iteration of the argument is just silly. Like you said, it's 2020 no rules really count. Everything has started on a flimsy base and it's been adapted to the games. They missed would have been against Illinois and Maryland. Keep in mind, they only started out with an eight game schedule and nobody on God's green earth thinks they would have lost either of those games. So I don't really understand the premise is it like the committee would see them play Illinois and Maryland and be like, oh, now they deserve to get in? It doesn't make any sense. The goals would to get the best four teams in the playoff, by the way. And the best teams in the Big Ten
2: title game that deserve to be there. And how about if you would have said before the season, Ohio State's game against Indiana is going to be the most pivotal game that they have to play on their schedule. People would have been like, are you crazy? We got Penn State. We play Michigan. But nope. Thankfully, that Indiana game was played if you're an Ohio State fan and and, and really just for what's right in the conference. I'm thankful it was played because those are the two teams that have played the best this year in in the league and they played in a head to head. It was a great game and Ohio State got
1: it done. And and, and so they hold the tiebreaker over the Hoosiers and, and they should be there. I'm not in the great game category for Indiana. Ohio State was up 35-7 to early in the third quarter. By the way, the same exact score as the Michigan State game at the exact same time. So, yes, they didn't hold on, and Indiana made a nice run on them. There is no scenario by which I think Indiana would beat Ohio State. Sorry.
2: Games are four, games are four quarters long. Seasons are 12 games long. So I always, I always love the hot takes in September or the hot takes in the first quarter uh, that come with – being surrounded by huge, passionate fans because they're just comical by the third quarter or the third. People were giving Graham Mertz like the Heisman after he shredded Illinois. You know, what I'm saying like, like, let's well, let like Graham Mertz play some games is all I'm saying. Or, or, or you're shredding the play calling in the first quarter, but then you end up scoring fifty by the end of the game. Like it's just, it's just,
1: just chill. Steve, Michigan beat Minnesota in the first week of the season. If you go back, there are a ton of people saying Michigan is back. Michigan's going to beat Ohio State this year. The idea that they changed a rule to get them in, they made the stupid rule in the first place arbitrarily. So you can't just pick and choose here. If only we had a place that didn't have a vested interest in either of the teams. Oh, wait, we do. It's called Las Vegas. Okay. Go check what the lines would be on a neutral field.
2: So we theoretically could live in a world where the college football playoff is two SEC teams and two ACC teams, and those were the leagues that played the most games this year. So it goes back to our original topic of the Big Ten being slow out the gate, and not necessarily playing it as well as the other two conferences, right?
1: Yeah, I'd be interested to see what Las Vegas thinks right now of a neutral field game between Ohio State and Florida. My guess is it's 10. But they'll change their mind if Florida beat Bama. Listen, if they beat Alabama, they're going to go to the playoff.
2: But, and then you got A&M and beat Florida. It's just a you know, fun year.
1: In 2020 fashion, I was jesting with Steve before the show. Watch Northwestern lose to Illinois this weekend, but it will be fitting in a, such a screwy year. We're going to take a quick break, come back, get into some really good recruiting chatter. All right, we are back. Steve, the name we have discussed the most over the last 365 days here on this show. Emeka Egbuka, the number one wide receiver in the country from Stelecum High in Washington State. If you want to know what Mark Porter thinks of him, we have a video breakdown of Emeka up right now. You're definitely going to want to check out. He will make his announcement tomorrow. He recently visited Oklahoma. What is the latest? Do you feel good about the Buckeyes?
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, I'm
2: not changing my crystal ball, Daniel. Um, I think that Emeka Ibuka's recruiting process, visiting Oklahoma was the last thing on his checklist he had to do before making his decision. And then with him locking in his date quickly after, um, makes me feel good about Ohio State because he could have took it out to December 16th. This isn't a dog and pony show for Emeka Ibuka, not saying it is for some of these other young men, but uh, Emeka had a process where he wanted to visit all his top schools. Oklahoma was the final place he hadn't been to. He goes out and sees it. Uh, He already knew a ton about Oklahoma that he could evaluate before the visit, how he fits in the offense, his relationship with the staff, the success they've had on the field, all of that. So he really just went to Norman, in my opinion, to get a feel for the atmosphere, hang out with some of the recruits and, and see how he vibes with them in person. and and see the building, and really, in my opinion, just make sure that he checked that box so there wouldn't potentially be a a regret down the road Uh, because I think Ohio State's been the clear leader for Emeka Ibuka for much of the process. He's been to Columbus twice, has tremendous relationships with the coaching staff, has a tremendous trust with the way that they develop their players and and bring them along, And, and Ohio State has everything he's looking for So I I love the Buckeyes in this recruitment still. Is there a better recruiter in the country right now than Brian Hartline, by the way? If I'm putting together a staff of just ace recruiters, Brian Hartline, the way he gets his top targets is just tremendous if you look at the last several recruiting cycles and you bleed in 2022, I can only think of one guy that he wanted that he hasn't gotten, and that's Luther Burden, who's not going to put pen to paper for a long time. Not saying that Luther Burden's on flip-watch by any stretch of the imagination, just saying like the success rate that Brian Hartline's having on the trail, and if he's able to land a Mecca at tomorrow, is just tremendous. And it's a team effort at Ohio State for sure but just the availability that Brian Hartline has with these prospects. It goes back to Julian Fleming's recruitment is when, when, uh, yeah, you knew Brian Hartline was a good recruiter, but Julian Fleming just talking about how Brian Hartline was his best relationship, you know, when he was being recruited by Penn state and Clemson, those are two other schools that, you know, in my opinion, do a great job recruiting the personal touch that Hartline put on it with the face timing. And, and, and I think he was kind of ahead of the curve with that, uh, with the face timing, but just, The personal touch he puts on it, um, these guys love him and they can't wait to be coached by him. He's not one of those guys that has an ego, even though he
1: could have one. You know what I mean?
2: Great high school athlete, great player at Ohio State, longtime NFL
1: pro, but he's just a normal guy. Financially independent too, by the way, which is awesome because the chances that someone may stick around more in a place they love increase. But just look at what he's done. 2019, Garrett Wilson. 2020, Julian Fleming. 2021, if he gets him, Emeka Igbuka. 2022, Caleb Burton. You could make an argument. Each one is the best receiver in their class. I think he went out and did something with G.
2: Scott, like went out and spoke at G. Scott School or something after he signed him and Keenan Bailey. Don't quote me on that, but just the availability that these guys have
1: for the, the guys that they recruit is just tremendous. I mean, he's turned it into a spot where if you want to be a top flight receiver, you have to consider Ohio State. But he's now made it like wide receiver U, which is just incredible. Because like you said, I just mentioned the guys off the top. It's not like those classes were one receiver deep but we don't want to stop the good news there. There is also burgeoning belief that Kion Graves actually committed to Arizona right now, class of 2022 wide receiver is also seriously considering a flip to Ohio state. What do you know about the flip and the player?
2: I think that Ohio state's in great position for him. I think he's a top of the board target.
1: I think Ohio state would like a lot of their top
2: targets to visit just so they can dot their eyes and cross their T's. And so You know, obviously, you know, if a kid like Caleb Burton wants to commit sight unseen, you know, that you're not going to turn Caleb Burton away, who you have a great relationship with in a perfect world, you'd like to get all these young men on campus.
1: Okay, a little bit different finish for the show today. Brandon Huffman, the West Coast recruiting guru for 24-7 Sports, recently joined Trey Scott on College Football Daily, and they discussed Emeka Egbuka. Brandon, and correct me if I'm wrong, Steve, is all over this recruitment and is about as close to Emeka as anyone else in the game. Is that accurate?
2: Brandon Huffman's the most plugged-in guy on Emeka Igbuka. He's the closest reporter to that, that recruitment, and um, with him having his forecast uh, with, with Ohio State, that that, may, that should make everybody
1: feel confident about Ohio State's chances going into Friday's decision. We have six minutes of an interview Brandon did with Trey Scott coming up right now. We appreciate Steve stopping by. Have a good one, Buck Nutters.
3: Brandon Huffman, thank you for joining us and thank you for uh, letting us listen in on your conversation with Emeka Egbuka, who again is announcing on Friday. Brandon, another star player from your neck of the woods out there in Washington. What do you think he's going to do? If you know, you don't have to tell us, you might already know, but Ohio State, Oklahoma and Washington, who should be feeling the best?
0: Well, I think there's reason for all three to feel good. Obviously, Washington has the hometown advantage that Oklahoma and Ohio State do not have. Oklahoma has the freshest trip in his mind in terms of he was just there last weekend, finally got to take that much awaited visit to Norman. Uh, But then there's Ohio State as well. That's been a constant in his recruitment. The majority of the crystal balls are on the Buckeye. My crystal ball has been on them since the early part of spring. Uh, So right now, all three programs have reason to feel good. I haven't done anything or or felt anything or heard anything to change my crystal ball. I'm keeping it on Ohio State, but I feel like there's still some twists and turns here between now and when he makes his decision on Friday.
3: I was reading your story on his commitment date, and I thought it was interesting. Like He's had a chance to throw with Caleb Williams, the Oklahoma quarterback commit, and Sam Heward, the uh, Washington quarterback commit hasn't thrown with Kyle McCord yet. The Ohio State five star commit. I don't know if that's like the biggest deal in the world. Has it been important for uh, a to get some reps with the guys who he would be catching passes from in college? I think it's
0: more just a familiarity, you know, working on timing, working on chemistry, and developing that chemistry before they get to campus. You know, he's been playing in the seven on seven circuit against Sam Heward for a number of years. They've never been on the same team, but they have been basically throwing with each other weekly for the past few months in preparation for their senior years. And then he gets out to Oklahoma for his. His visit and spends ninety minutes throwing with Kayla Williams. Uh, interesting, like enough, like you said, Kyle McCord hasn't thrown with him, at least that that I'm aware of. Uh, but I think it's more of a, a chemistry issue in, in developing that chemistry. Um, you know, I think the wild card in, in all of this has been that with Ohio State, you know, he just hasn't had that opportunity to really get around Kyle McCord, and, you know, does that hurt him? Does that help him? Who knows? But it certainly gives Washington and Oklahoma coaches and fans reason for optimism in that he understands what each of those quarterbacks can do and what they're doing when they're throwing with him.
3: All right, so let's say the crystal ball is right and that he goes to Ohio State. So table that. In this scenario, he's a Buckeye, another West Coast five-star to go to Ohio State, and we're going to talk about that. In two seconds, but for Washington, Brandon, a program that you know very well, what sort of pain level are we reaching to the point where they like the, the number one player in Washington last year, Savelle Small, Smalls, like they signed him. It, it's not atrocious out here, but it's starting to become a trend. I'm wondering how frustrating that is. And if they do lose uh, a Mecca, Ibuka to Ohio state, is this something that new coach Jimmy Lake can eventually correct?
0: That's a good question because this will come the year after they basically didn't recruit G. Scott, who was in their backyard, who would have probably committed to Washington if they had offered him early on. He committed to Ohio State on Christmas Day of 2018. Six months later, Washington did offer him, and they basically took a second loss again when he didn't even show Washington any attention. He was stuck on Ohio State. This time it's different. Washington offered Emeka Ibuka two years ago back when Chris Peterson was still the head coach. Jimmy Lake went to go watch him play. I was at the game that night where Jimmy Lake went to watch him play right before they offered. He had two kick returns for a touchdown in that game. Washington, we know that they are developing guys on defense. We know that Jimmy Lake's preference is on the defensive side of the ball, but you need to get weapons offensively. And I think with Sam Hewitt coming in, naturally getting the number one receiver in the country who's from your own backyard would have been something that really enhanced enhances that offense. Now, are they back to square one? I mean, he were committed two years ago as well. He was a legacy. Didn't really have to recruit him as hard, but a not only do you lose him, but you may lose him for the second straight year to Ohio state, you know, or maybe it is to Oklahoma, whoever it may be, but Washington needs to start winning these in-state battles and winning these West coast battles and keeping these kids in their backyard.
3: Yeah. Last one. and I'll let you get back to chase and scoop. Also in Washington, number one player in the top two, four, seven, Jt Tui Molowau, he you know Crystal Ball says Ohio State. He won't decide until February. This is more of an Ohio State question. Have they become the premier program out west? Like if you stack an Ohio State offer against an Alabama offer, against a Georgia offer, against a Clemson offer, kind of feels like Ohio State's winning that one, right?
0: I would say that if anybody has been bringing the heat to Alabama on the West Coast, it is. Ohio State. I mean, if you look at Alabama, you've got Bryce Young there. You've got obviously Tuatonga Valoa previously. You've got Najee Harris there in the backfield. So there's been some recent success with Ohio or with Alabama recruiting out in California. But Urban Meyer, he recruited California hard when he was at Florida. He recruited it hard when he was at Utah before that. He recruited it hard when he was at Ohio State. And Ryan Day has taken it to another level. If you look at that class last year, you had G Scott, you had uh, uh, the C. linebacker, St. CJ Stroud, there you go, five star quarterback. Look I at sure me, remembered him. Uh, <laughs> nice work. Uh, you had um, the linebacker from St. John Bosco, whose name I'm blanking on. Um, uh, four star linebacker who played at St. John Bosco and his dad played at U- UCLA. He went to Ohio State. You had, you know, in this class, you've got Denzel Burke committed. You had uh, the other DB from Saguaro last year, who I'm I'm forgetting all these names, Trey. These well, there's so many names these days.
3: You're allowed to do that because it's like so signing day now like you I, I would assume for you brandon like last year happens you just okay all right yeah, I'll remember a few guys and then you move on it's 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 certainly a lot and it's it, if i'm ohio state I'm, I'm feeling really good about the pipeline Absolutely. and I, i'll actually end in, in the, with this if ohio state gets a mecca buka does that help their chances with jt
0: I don't think it hurts their chances with JT, but I think indifferent and separately from Emeka, that's really an Ohio State-Alabama battle for JT. It's going to come down to, you know, two programs that have been recruiting and producing and developing elite defensive linemen for the better part of 10 years and, and even longer than that. And so I think that, You already have G. Scott there. You potentially couldn't put Emeka Ibuka there. Now you've got a little bit of a Washington presence on that campus. That could only help with JT. I don't know if it necessarily changes the game entirely, but it certainly doesn't hurt the Buckeyes' chances if they get another Washingtonian on campus before JT
3: makes his decision. Paramount
0: Plus. You're ready, Bob. Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.